The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And not with me as always, a buddy of my coast, my pal, down with the plan, our boy, the Tridecaster 101, Alex, still not here, uh, missing, uh, in action for, for this Knicks game, this cardiac arrest Knicks game, which you can check us out on the next episode, uh, of the Knicks. We have, uh, Jeff and Chip coming on there, uh, at the end of this episode with our guests. We're definitely gonna get, we definitely gonna get to some Knicks stuff, uh, just, uh, just a taste, uh, but, you know what, Greg? It's a just playoffs, man. Nothing matters right now. Nothing. The playoffs start today. MLB, the offseason does not matter right now. Like we locked up the big guys. I don't care about Correa and how you feel about that. The Rangers don't matter. The Knicks collapses. The Christmas Day game's over. They lost it. They stink. Whatever. Like it's all good. It's a just playoffs, man. We're we're here. It's January football, and, and w- without even. Going too much into it because there's no there's no reason to to bury the lead here, Greg. We have a phenomenal guest with us today, and there's no better person, honestly, with with the with, with the way like the the roller coaster uh, of the Knicks is going right now. Where we're just on such a high, and we're on such a low, and with the Jets, we were on such a low, and now we're on such a high. There's no better person uh, to bring on right now than my man. Sean, you, everybody know him, knows him as I hate Sean from the Knicks wall. He's impossible hoodies. Go get those. But we're here to get his Jets thoughts because we all know, we all know how he feels about RJ. We all know how he feels about IQ. <laughs> you know, he's freaking out about Tibbs. But right now we're talking New York Jets. How you doing, my man? I am great, man. Honored to be here. It's a pleasure. Like since the beginning of the season, when you talked about this, I was really looking forward to it. So pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, really excited. So we haven't we haven't spoken since that uh, the Jets game that we went to together. Uh, that didn't go well. Neither did uh, I guess the old takes exposed of you know I remember fighting with the fans around us about Mike White and Zach Wilson. Like we were just screaming at each other. Like put this guy in. Someone's like put him flack. How that felt like six years ago at this point. So before we even get near. 
this Jets Seahawks game near the Jets playoffs. What are your thoughts on this season, man? It's been it's been a roller coaster, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, so it it definitely has been a roller coaster, and I think you know uh, I don't want to get too focused on the downs and you know completely eradicate the ups. And so like we've struggled through certain points. Like we got to a slower start, um, and now where we are is lower than where we could have been based on where we got to. If that makes sense, it's like you yeah. know it's like. In the beginning, it's like, oh, you know, I'll just, I just want to see competitive football. And then it's like, wait, hold on. We are <laughs> kind of good. Like we might, we might be like one of the best teams in the AFC. And, you know, the collapse, um, it's just been, I, it, I've been through a lot with Zach Wilson this year. <laughs> Personally. I am off the Zach Wilson train completely. <laughs> uh, he's a bum. So I, are the I Jets, man. So are the Jets, apparently. Yeah. So don't worry about it. I, I think I think we all are, but most importantly, I think the Jets are. So I think I think we're in good hands there. We exhausted all possible options, but I, I feel good though. Not only you know we have a chance still, um, and so there's like a double sided uh, coin to having a chance right now and how that feels. Like being seven and eight, and it's like okay, we can probably win out and get in. That's a great feeling, but at the same time, it's like wow, we fell all the way to seven and eight. And when you think about the two Patriots games. When you think about Berrios dropping the ball in the end zone against the Vikings, when you think about the fact that Zach couldn't move the ball against the Lions, you know, you just, but even those three games at, at the first part, it's just like you get two of those out of those three, and we are comfortably in the playoffs already. Yeah. And so it's a frustrating spot to be in, but it's still exciting because we haven't had, I mean, I normally am done caring about football by like October. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with Sean all that stuff. And to his point too, like those games that he mentioned, Minnesota, the Lions, the Patriots games, we were in those games. Like again, the Lions game, we were winning with less than two minutes left. It, it's, it is tough to think about that if we win two, two of those four, two of those five, cause I'm sure there was another close one in there somewhere. You know, we're, we're in the driver's seat to Sean's point. I think that's a great point, but. Also, Sean mentioned, too, not letting the lows kind of take away from the highs. There was some points this season where we were road warriors, where we were top of the AFC, to Sean's point. I think that's great to remember that stuff, where Brees Hall was able to run the football, where it wasn't our running backs getting negative seven yards and two yards or whatever the heck it was this past week that we saw. The the, the AVT. Yeah, AVT was a monster. There, there's Q Wills, the best, one of the best interior defensive linemen. There are so many positives for the season to come away with. I think that's a great point to not let this, I don't know if it's a losing streak, collapse, whatever you want to call these last five or six games, take away from some of the best Jets football we've seen in a decade this season from this team, a stark turnaround from this defense to compare to where it was last year because last year was bad. We all know it was bad. And this year, Sauce Gardner, a bunch of DJ Reed, a bunch of other players really showing out for this Jets team. So I like that. I like trying to stay positive with it. And, and it's so funny because honestly, misery loves company. And luckily for us, every single team that's around us that's fighting for this wild card spot, the Dolphins have lost four straight and Tua is out next game, which is actually bad for us. But we'll get into that later, as everyone already knows the playoff scenario, but we'll reiterate it later. Patriots are on a two-game losing streak. The Jets are on a four-game losing streak. And, you know, the good old Titans, which don't really matter for us, they're on a five-game losing streak. I mean, we are really in good company here where we're all just 
thank God for that one win in December. Otherwise, we're talking about competitive December football. Like, yeah, sounds good. Like, we had a lot of moral victories, but I'm glad we had one win. <laughs> Just, yeah, I feel like the whole, I feel like 80% of the league is like eight and seven or seven and eight right now. It's crazy when you look at the standings, how many teams are right in the hunt. And there's two games left, man. We have to win. It's do or die. And as we remain in the hunt, I just would like to take a second to thank the New England Patriots. I mean, the way that they've lost these last two games, like, has been monumental to allow us to continue to have a chance. I mean, you know, by the lateral and then last week their collapse in the red zone while they were about to come back. I'm so happy that they've allowed us to still have a chance. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this, guys. Okay. Before we get, I have, I, we're here. I have, I have to talk it out. I'm nervous. I'm really, really, really nervous that the Jets are going to win the next two games, but so are the New England Patriots. And then New England's going to get in, and the Jets are going to get out because of the tiebreaker, because we lost to them twice, because of Zach Wilson. Like, I, I, because of Braden Mann. I, I actually can't handle that. Like, I actually don't know if I can handle that scenario. And in all fairness, while you say because of Zach Wilson and Braden Mann, you have to throw in John Franklin Myers. Yeah. You have to throw in John. We're up 17-3 at halftime in that first Patriots game. If we don't get that rough in the passer call. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. It's a great point. I'm going to be honest with you. That, it, it, that's kind of, that's kind of slipped my mind uh, as of late. And now I just have flashbacks of, of, of seeing it. And, and you know what I also remember, which was one of the weirdest feelings is, is winning versus the Patriots at home at halftime. And everyone just feeling like we're, we're, we're down by 50 at halftime. Like it was the weirdest, uh, like most ominous feeling around the Jets. We're winning. We're, we're beating the Patriots at halftime. Like if you just took a snapshot, like the same should be erupting, but it was, it was uh, two pick sixes brought back this year. All right. All right. Back on track here. It's positive vibes. There's so many L's around us, but yo, we are back and we are back for one reason, Sean. Mike White. Mike White is back. <laughs> Yo, I've never loved a backup quarterback more in my whole life. Like literally in my whole like I, I can't even imagine forget the Jets, like any team. I just can't remember a backup quarterback coming in and me just liking him so much. And it it worries me. Like just like really quick, because just like if it's two, three, four, five games, whatever left in the season, like being crazy optimistic, like it is gonna come a, a time soon when we have to make a decision on him. I want him to be our long term uh one A slash one B. Like I want him to just hang out, get the veteran and just be there. But we'll we'll get that's for a different time. But yo, guys, I I I, I remember feeling very, very nervous about Jets at Seahawks when the schedule first came out. Jets don't win on the West Coast. Jets don't win on the road. Greg brought it up. We were road warriors when we started. We haven't won a road game in a while. This is the has revenge all over it. We have Greg's boy, George Fant, who I don't even know if he's even going to start this week because he's been so bad. We have revenge game for DJ Reed. We have revenge game for Geno Smith. We have revenge game for Pete Carroll. It is, it's an interesting one out here. Sean, I'm going to start with you. What are your feelings on Mike White coming in and, and leading this team? Like what, we're favored in this game. Like what, what's, 
What do you, what are you, what are your initial thoughts before we get into the nitty gritty details of the injury report? What do you, what's your, what's your vibes? I know you're a vibes guy, man. Like you're <laughs> every, every Knicks, like every almost Knicks possession, you're talking about the vibes of the team and the vibes of the rotation. <laughs> and like, you know, every Jets play, like all this, like what, how are you feeling just going into this West Coast game? Because honestly, same old Jets. We, we get, we go in here, we get smacked. By Pete Carroll, by Geno Smith, and Geno Smith and Sam Darnold are in the playoffs, and we are not, and we still don't have a quarterback, and here we go again. Like that's that that that's what it should be. So let me ask you this, man: How are you feeling going into this game? Uh, I'm confident, and I'm confident because you know we know we have a solid team uh, outside of the production we've gotten at quarterback, and we know that Mike White has produced a quarterback, like you know. That Jags game and the line, like just having to watch us not be able to move the ball. Like in the Jags game, we moved the ball more when Chris Trevler got in the game, and he he couldn't throw the ball. Like the, that pass that he threw to uh, the long CJ. one, I, it, yeah, CJ, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, yo, shout out to Chris Trevler. I'm a fan. I like him more than Zach Wilson. But good grief, that was such a terrible pass. <laughs> like, and, he, and we still finally moved the ball when he got in the game. And so no matter what was Mike White, I've never seen us struggle to move the ball that way. You know, he came in and started dropping 300-yard passing games. Like, Zach Wilson doesn't really know what a 300-yard passing game looks like. And Mike White was having him by the third quarter, and you know, uh, and so having him back-to-back. So I'm confident that he'll produce. Um, and that also our team, like the vibes, uh, just knowing that, okay, we're good. It was like what, what Saul said in his interview, and of course it was probably a little petty towards Zach, but he was like, you know, it was nice for the defense to know, like, not have that kind of pressure. Like, no, he could go out there and just play because, you know, we had support from the offense. And so I think that, like, it's no matter what, I think the rest of the team kind of feels how we do in the fact that we're good. That we're lucky to be in this position still. We've had a lot slip away. Let's go claim what we have left. Like, let's go get what we have left. So I think we're going to go into Seattle. I think the defense is going to show up big time. And I think, you know, we'll be allowed to have a Garrett Wilson masterclass because somebody will get him the ball. That's going to change everything. So I got the Jets for sure. I think this is a big win. And then we take care of business in Miami. I might even try to make my way out there. Oh, let's I go. Like a little, little, little interstate road trip for you. I, I I would like for you to be there for that game, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself, man. But I, I am not as confident as you. I'm definitely a little nervous. Greg. I know you're, you're always calling me the crazy person, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm anxious about this game. I'm not running in here like where the Jets are going to go and they're going to kill Seattle. I'm honestly, I'm a little, uh, I don't, I don't even know the word right now. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm being low key. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, ner- I'm just nervous. I'm, ner- I don't want to say I'm anxious about it because it's not that high. Like, cause I'm, cause Mike White's there, but I'm definitely nervous about this game. Greg, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, man, I think the vibes are good with Mike White. It's just a matter of if he can play the full game. I think you talked about it on the recap that we did. He's not coming out the game unless they take him off the field. So he's going to be playing. He knows he's playing for his career, really, as a fifth-round pick to prove himself A contract. Yeah, contract, everything. And, I mean, to Sean's point, like he's kind of proved that he can play. The offense is not a problem for him, and I think – like Sean said with with uh, Sauce Gardner in his interview, you can kind of hear it in the defense. They know they don't have to be perfect in order to win a football game. 
with Mike Way at quarterback, and it takes a lot of pressure off them. I think part of Brandon Mann's problems might be, besides the fact that he stinks, <laughs> is that he knows he has to be perfect every time he punts the football in order to have an, a chance at winning a football game, and he just can't do it. And he Greg, knows he can't do it. Greg, I, I just don't think you understand that other fan bases don't have to watch 20 yard punts every game. Like you don't get that. Like you don't understand, you don't understand. Like other fan bases don't watch like throws that go four yards under the receiver or, or above the receiver. Like that. that well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there definitely are other teams. Trust me. I watched Arizona versus Tampa Bay this week because I was I mean, trying to win the pick them. That's their that's their fourth string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> just getting fired. Yeah. And and to Sean's <laughs> point too, I think our fourth string quarterback was Strevler this past week. He he knows the offense. He feels comfortable in the offense. He just can't get the ball where it needs to go. And Mike White has the perfect combination of having the arm talent enough to get the ball where it needs to go and feeling comfortable in the offense. Zach Wilson's just not comfortable. He's not comfortable with the offense. He's not comfortable with throws. You can see it. It is what it is at this point. We know we need to move on from. He's an actor for the game, so there's no point really talking about it. But Mike White, I feel like, is comfortable on the offense, has the arm talent enough. He might not have the arm talent for, like, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen throws, but we don't need that, man. We need we need three-yard routes completed. We need seven-yard outs completed. We need just easy passes. And we need, to Sean's point, we need the ball in spots where Garrett Wilson, C.J., Elijah Moore can make plays because they are playmakers. You just have to give them a chance. And Zach Wilson has not been able to do that all season long. So speaking of giving them a chance, George Fant is limited in practice, so hopefully he's going to play. Dwayne Brown limited in practice, so hopefully he's going to play. We did activate another ex-Seattle Seahawk. I'm not going to get his name right. Cedric Ugbehi? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, so we signed them earlier. He, he would be fine at right tackle too. So hopefully we have some reinforcements, has some time there. On the defensive side, I know we've been giving excuses, kind of saying the same old thing all year with the offense stinks. So the defense is going to stink. Uh, at some point, they're going to eventually bend and break and the special teams doesn't really help. They had an 11 and a half minute drive. It was, it was 11 and a half minute drive that they gave up last week, something close to that. I mean, that has nothing to do with the offense. That, that's a defense not being able to get off the field. The safeties have been really tough without LaMarcus Joyner. He's playing. Uh, he's limited in practice, so I'm assuming he's going to go. Eccles did not participate in practice. Not great. Denzel Mims out of concussion protocol, it looks like. Uh, so he's going to play. Uh, Jeff Smith did not participate. Still early. It looks like our side of the injury report is fantastic. On the other side, guys, Seattle Seahawks, they have a lot of names on this list. Kenneth Walker with his annual or weekly ankle. Uh, Noah Fant with the knee. Lockett hand. He, they're saying he might come back. Homer with the ankle. All these are not participating in practice on Wednesday. I'm sure by Thursday, Friday, they're going to play. This is a playoff game. The only big question mark, in my opinion, is Al Woods uh, with the Achilles. But he's a full participant in practice, so looks like everybody's going to play on both sides of the ball. That's what that's what I'm assuming. The injury report looks pretty decent. There's really no excuses. The Jets are favorites on the road at the moment, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna you're the guest. I'm gonna let you go first here. What are 
not only your predictions for this game, but what are your what are your key factors for the Jets to win? And and don't don't give me completions. We know that Mike that Mike White has to make completions that we haven't seen that in a while. Don't say it has to be over minus six and a half yards rushing because we know, you know, <laughs> a little bit over the bare minimum here. What matchups are you really looking forward to on either side of the ball here? I think what I'm looking forward to the most, and it ties back to what you said about that drive that was 11 and a half minutes, we've, the defense has got to be able to get off the field on third down. My least favorite thing is like third and nine and third and six and third and seven and just watching the drive continue. I feel like it's demoralizing for me, but it's definitely got to be demoralizing for the defense. And we've got to be able to convert those and like take care of business, get off the field, and give our offense a chance. Um, when we allow teams to continue to extend drives like that, uh, we allowed them to control the clock. Like th- this, this can't be one of those games. Like you know, I don't know what's going on with Kenneth Walker. If I actually feel like you said it's like a weekly thing, um, but I think we've been pretty solid against the run for the most part. Like I don't really like fear most people against the run. It's not like we're seeing Nick Chubb again. Um, but can we so- run? It's a great question. It's a <laughs> like great that, question. That, that's that's a thing, man. That's what's that's what's been killing us, dude. Like we're watching. Nothing was more. You talking about demoralizing? I, I agree with you. By the way, third downs have been really tough. Fourth and ones that go for touchdowns also really tough. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what's even more demoralizing, man, is the fact that okay, we I'll give props to the other team. Like maybe they just stifled us, right? Maybe it's because our quarterback is mediocre, and that's why we can't. But the next game, they're getting gashed by Carolina for what feels like one thousand yards <laughs> in, in the first half. Like it's so like that's so demoralizing. Everybody that plays the Vikings, like the the freaking Colts, man. The Colts dropped thirty three in the half. Forget the in the half. We like why can't we do anything versus these teams? Like that's what's demoralizing for me. Oh man, I I do agree. The third downs are tough, but there's just there's just no answer for 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 me from the defense because anything that you any anything that I say to you or anything that anybody would give an excuse for the defense is going to be like, yeah, man, but we scored three points, seventeen points, ten points, nine points. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like that, that. That's what we're scoring. So, oh man, I'm. The, I am. I can't believe it's the playoffs. I can't believe it's the Jets playoffs, man. Ah, uh, man. Greg, what's what's your prediction for this game, dude? Yeah, I think to your point, I was just looking up real quick when you're talking about it. Seattle right now. Um, is the second worst rushing defense in the NFL based on like total yards given up. So we we talk about Houston a lot on winning picks weekly. Check us out over there. We go through every game. We talk about all the teams. So we dive into other teams more. Texans have been the worst rush defense in the NFL all season, giving up 2,500 yards on the season. Oh, Henry. Yeah, Seattle. <laughs> I mean, on a mission, that guy out there. Two touchdowns every time they play. Um, Seahawks, though, right behind them, 2,300 yards. So they're giving up a lot. Um, so we have to be able to run the football. Bam Knight has to play strong. We have to be able to get something going. I'm more interested on the defensive matchups between Sauce and Reed versus... DK and um, I don't know if you talked about it, but Tyler Lockett looks like he's going to be playing. So how do we match up with them? The Seattle offense was cooking early, early part of the season. I know Gino, I picked him up in fantasy, talked about it a couple times, man. He's been good. The last few weeks, 
I mean, 10 points, 13 points, 24 points, <laughs> not getting it done on offense. So can the Jets keep that going and lock down this receiving core? They've had some issues at tight end with injuries. Disley's um, out for the year. Yeah, Disley just got placed Maybe on IR career. this week. He has a weird, oh really? Uh, he's a weird femur fracture on his surgically repaired. Like that's not good. Mm. Um. So yeah. So just how do we match up with them? To your point, Kenneth Walker always on the injury report, but still shows out and plays strong when it's time for game day. We talked about the Jets. It's the Jets playoffs. It's the Seattle's playoffs. They're also seven and eight. They're one game back, just like we are in the playoff standings. So they, it's a win or go home game for both these teams. Um, I'm excited to see how our defense matches up with their offense because their offense hasn't been too great. We need to keep that going this week if we're going to win this game. We're not going to be able to win a shootout, I don't think, with Mike White coming back from rim injuries. I don't see us scoring 40 points this week. Give me the score. Um, You know, I think it's honestly going to be pretty low scoring. I like the Jets, like 23-20. Something along those lines, like nothing, nothing too fancy, nothing too crazy coming down to a field goal at the end of the game. We talked about Braden man not being so great. Greg, the leg's been pretty good. I don't know what the weather report's going to be for Sunday. I don't know if it's going to be really windy. It's not indoors. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's not indoors. So that's (laughs) an issue. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, 23, 20, something like that. It's going to be close. It's going to be ugly, but. I think the Jets get it done. If Mike White can play a full game, I really do believe that he has the offense good enough to get the job done. I think Michael Ford's offense is good. It's just a matter of finding someone that can run the freaking offense. And we've been having trouble with that all season. Yeah, no, no, nothing to Barrios and no more pitches, hopefully, on, on third and one. Yeah, no trick plays. Just run the freaking football. If you can't get a yard, you can't get a yard. But we should be able to get a yard against the Seattle defense. It hasn't been that good. I don't even want to see end around to Garrett Wilson, even though sometimes they work. Uh, damn. Uh, the, I, the line has to show up, man. Like that's the line's got to buckle down and they got to make it happen. Cause yeah, like, and the running game also plays into like needing the defense to get off the field. I feel like, like that leads to us controlling the clock, uh, yeah. to, you know, being, being in the driver's seat. And with a team that is so terrible against the run, we have, we have to be able, if you can't exploit, the second worst rushing defense in the NFL. That's where you shouldn't even really go to the playoffs for real. We've been like, saying that. We've been saying that for how many weeks? That's like that's what's driving me nuts. Like we said that against the Lions didn't work. We said that against the Vikings didn't work. We said we've been we've been saying this against every single team and we just can't deliver. That's why I'm nervous. I think I think, I think we pinpointed that. Like, that's why like, we should. Yes, I agree. But I'm nervous about it. Here's I, I a here's that's twenty seven seventeen. I like that. Okay. 27-17. 27, so we're getting some touchdowns. I like that, too. Mike White, get it going. Mike White. Mike get it White. going, kid. Like you said, he had 300 yards. Zach Wilson hasn't been able to come close. Three touchdowns, right? Zach Wilson hasn't got three touchdowns yet. Mike White can do it in his sleep sometimes, it feels like. You know the funny thing about last year, and I didn't want to acknowledge it last year because at that point I was still in on Zach Wilson. Everyone else ran the as well. Like, literally, when Zach got hurt, whether it was Joe Flacco, whether it was Mike White, whether it was Josh Johnson, almost everybody looked better than Zach Wilson behind at quarterback. Right. It was crazy. No, it's a yeah. fact. But what's even more telling is not even the production. It's the play calls. 
When Flacco's in there, we threw the ball 68 times a game. When, when Zach Wilson's in there, we throw it 11 times. Like, it's also like the, you could, you could just see that they don't trust them. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, I actually like both your scores, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go delusional land here. I'm gonna say that Mike White's gonna do the same. We're gonna, it's gonna be a Bears game. I'm just gonna say it's gonna be a Bears game where it's gonna, we're gonna drop 31. Mike White's gonna be back because he, he always comes back on the first game. That's what, Backup quarterbacks are all about. That's what he's going to be the Ryan Fitzpatrick of, of, of this league. Hopefully he just stays on the Jets, but he's just that type of guy. Comes back, first game, kills it, does well for maybe another game and a half, gets injured. Everybody wants him back. Like, this is going to be like the cycle that we go through, uh, with Mike White. And I think this is going to be the big game for him. He's going to go on the little streak now. It's going to be 31 to 17. New York Jets are going to move on to Miami. And to be honest with you, I think that the Patriots are going to be the Dolphins. And then we're just going to be huge Bills fans next week. And then we're going to play them the week after. I'm, I'm, I, I, I just feel like that's coming. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But we've been talking about quarterbacks a lot. The rumors have, have started today. Everyone, all my Jets group chats are talking about it. I know we're in Jets playoff mode, but Sean, you're here now. We just got to ask you real quick. Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Mike White, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, Tom Brady, Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Jordan There's a lot Love. of names out there, depending on who you're talking to. Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah. Daniel who Jones. With? Who are we going with next year, Sean? So, I mean, of course, whatever we can possibly do to get Lamar Jackson uh, is option A. Uh, you got you got to exert all yeah. options possible. Uh, likely he ends up back in Baltimore, you know, in franchise tag guy. hell. Yeah. Like you can't just let that guy leave. Um, but beyond that, I, I, I would really love to bring Gino back. I'm, I was always a huge fan of Gino. I feel very vindicated by Gino's season this year. I believe it's not the time, Gino's- Sean. This is not the time. This is not the time for this. Bad timing. Very bad timing. <laughs> I'm being quiet about this agenda for the next week or so. <laughs> But I, I, I would, I would welcome Gino back with open arms. Um, and then as far as Mike White, I think, you know, realistically, it depends on how this season ends, right? Like if Mike White gets us into the playoffs and has a really solid playoff game, by all means, bring him back as my starting quarterback. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to have him in the fold for sure. But you know, I don't want to go into next season depending on Mike White, you yeah. know, like I, I, especially because <laughs> he yeah, breaks like his ribs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to go in depending on Mike White. Um, so Lamar, love the Geno idea. Also, super open to the Aaron Rodgers idea. Uh, I think that this team is good and like Aaron Rodgers fell off a little bit this year, but he's still really good. Uh, and he also didn't have like a lot to work with uh, in Green Bay. And so I think that this team is because I was talking to my dad about it the other day, and he was just like, "Yeah, but he's old." And I was like, "Yeah, but like." We don't need him to be like the quarterback of the future. Like we're good enough to win right now. Like the team is really good. And so we have weapons. We have really good defense. If he can just be competent and, you know, win us ball games, we can either draft the next guy and have him waiting 
or, you know, deal with that problem in two years the same way we're dealing with it now. But I'd be open to Aaron Rodgers for sure. I think that would, like, raise our floor at the very least. Like, I think our ceiling is extremely high. Like, we have a really young team. We've got a solid defense. We've got young youth at the skill positions. And so now it's just a matter of, like, how do we make sure that we raise our floor to the point where we can't be any worse than this, to the point where we know that we can win those games against the Lions, to where if we hold the Patriots to three points for the entire game, we'll win it. Like, you know, how, yeah. do, how do we ensure that? Who do you guys want a quarterback? I, 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 lo- yo, I love that because uh, Greg is in, in most of my Jets group chats, I feel like, and he's been he's been listening to me go off about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a $40 million cap to Green Bay if they get rid of him before June 1st via trade. That sounds terrible, but otherwise he's a $99 million dead cap on them this year, and it still trickles down. Michael Floor and Matt, Michael Floor, our offensive coordinator, his job is going to be on the line after this year. Matt, uh, his brother, the other LaFleur, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, his, they don't fire head coaches, but his line, his job would be on the line if they traded up for Jordan Love and then Jordan Love requests a trade after he gets an extension because he never got a snap. That would, that is a fireable offense. And with Aaron Rodgers leaving, on the other hand, coach Sala and the coach LaFleur of Green Bay, Best friends, roommates, call each other every single Monday, presumably also other days in the week. There's no way that we're not coming out of next season with a quarterback from Green Bay, whether that's Jordan Love or whether that's Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't make sense for us not to get that. First of all, Green Bay is weird with their front office, right? They sign weird players. They they have they have a tendency. They like they they use it's all in house. It, they're weird. Why wouldn't they? Why? How can you not help your brother and your best friend? Like it's going to help both of you. So I'm on the Aaron Rodgers train. It's going to help both teams. I just want to know. I just want you to not say Derek Carr. That's really, that's really what this exercise was oh, all about. Derek Carr's a loser. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Great. You are more than welcome on the Jets anytime. Okay. What about Jimmy G? What about Jimmy G? Jimmy G doesn't move the needle enough for me. Like, I think if we're going to bring in Jimmy G, we can just run back Mike White. Like, I don't think that Jimmy G doesn't. And that's not even like some super educated, uh, informed opinion, honestly. I just have never been super impressed by Jimmy G. And we see Brock Purdy no, coming informed. in and doing his job. Oh, no, it's very informed. <laughs> but yeah, no, I. <laughs> I like, I had heard about the Derek Carr stuff and I was like, mm, I'm, I may be open to it possibly. And then I was just watching the game on Christmas and I was just like, nah, bro, your defense held the opponent to six points all game and you found a way to lose the game. You're missing, uh, Devontae Adams. And not only is he one of the best receivers in the league, but like you have rapport with him from playing in college with him and you're still missing him. Like, I, no, thank you. If you can miss Devontae Adams, like go do, do that over there. Somehow you're finding a way to lose. Like the, you know, they, they have you have the number one running back in the league right now. You've got good receivers. Darren Waller had a good game. You just managed to lose the game. I've watched enough of my quarterback managing to lose the game to keep <laughs> Derek Carr away from me. That's the one thing we know. As Jets fans, we know what a bad quarterback looks like. 
We know what bad coaching looks like, just like we know what bad point guard stuff looks like for the Knicks. We see a bad point guard. I, I, I see a good. I can tell what a good point guard is in four seconds because of the Knicks. Because like <laughs> I was like, oh, what is that? I don't, I don't know what that is. That's you're doing something different here. I, I agree. And what's funny is he also leads the league in interceptions this year, but. He also cries. I think he does. He lead the league in crying after press conferences too. He does a lot of that. Yeah, I think I think he, he leads. Lot. I think he leads the league in that too. But interestingly enough, the cap for the acquiring team for Aaron Rodgers would get about the same cap hit as Derek Carr this year. It's about in the thirty-six uh, to forty million dollar range. Was I think like tenth in the quarterback? By the way, I know it sounds crazy. But I think it's like, dude, I would I would pay out of my own pocket. For Aaron Rodgers to come join the Jets. But again, different story for a different day. Greg, just tell me you don't like Derek Carr so we can move on to some next questions here. Yeah, no Derek Carr, no Tannehill. Give me Lamar, give me Aaron Rodgers, or give me Mike White. All right, for the record, I do want Aaron Rodgers and Mike White. So that's not an either or. Yeah, I think Mike White, I mean, he should be able, we should be able to get him on a decent contract to stay around. I really do think Lamar is number one option. Like Rodgers is cool and everything, he's a little bit older. If we can get Lamar with the weapons we have and the line we have and the defense we have, I mean, watch out. He's not coming here. Well, first of all, know, Baltimore is going to put him in franchise hell. And if not, he's going to go to Miami. He wants to go to Miami. He's from yeah. Miami. There's no taxes in Miami. Tyreek Hill's in Miami. <laughs> Don't break my heart, man. John, give us a couple weeks here, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I'm just saying. All right. Moving on. To, to, to what's really breaking our hearts right now and what we're, we're, we're really trying not to think about. And it's really the exact, you, we, the, earlier in this episode, you were describing the Jets season. You literally were describing the Knicks season. <laughs> uh, and here we are. We're, we're, we're at the bottom. Ah, Sean, Sean, Sean. Uh, yesterday I was screaming. I'm telling you screaming at my television for the first time ever. During a Knicks game because we couldn't make a substitution. Why do we not make a substitution? Why can we not sub out McBride at all? I, I just at all. He's playing 45 minutes. He's, he's, his legs, he's wobbly. He can't, he doesn't know what to do. You can see him not moving. Could we just put D Rose in? Like t- I, have to, I have to beg tips to put D Rose in. Like <laughs> what are we even talking about? Like, uh, you know. Uh, I know the 60, 20, 10. I know it was insane. It was a crazy comeback. He's on my list now with Reggie. It's definitely top two, three regular season losses of all time. Top, it could be top five, just all time losses for the Knicks. RJ got hurt in the game as well with a lacerated finger because of Luca's nails. I mean, just a little cherry on top. Yo. What's the state of the Knicks, man? What is the state of the Knicks, Sean? Oh, man. Um, that loss was like, you know, in hindsight, it was almost impressive that we found a way to lose that game. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm still in disbelief. You're still I, post-game pouting. Still post-game pouting. Still post-game <laughs> pouting. I, I, I just kept saying, like, you know, you got to be kidding me. I think I said that, like, at, at so many points. Like, and when it started to seem like, hey, they might be coming back, when it was like, it got a little more real, then it got really real, then it got like incredibly real. And it was just like, yo, like, there's no way this is actually happening right now. Like, the, you know, the McBride myself, free throw, the McBride free throws feel like a century ago. Like, even when I don't even remember them when I think back at that game, he had, he had, he had six of them in the last, in the last minute. We only had 24 for the full game, right? And, and Luca had, had 
what, 28 or I forgot the exact numbers. I just know he, it was, it was pretty close. We had six in the last five seconds. They were intentional fouls. And that was like, I feel like the whole game was going to be, he missed a one. Oh, man. I, you know, Sean, what's crazy is I don't even feel like anything bad happened at the end. Like I'm, I'm like, where was the call? Like, you know, like when I'm just like, like thinking about it, like is nine, nine points, 33 seconds. I'm like rolling it back. Where was the big collapse? Like we keep getting fouled. We keep scoring. We keep hitting free throws. Like we missed the one. IQ didn't get that eight second shot clock. Like what's the, like, what happened, dude? What happened? Uh, we gave up the, the turnover in the backcourt with Grimes when he picked the ball, when he picked up his dribble and got double teamed. That was the fastest jump ball I've ever seen in my life. I've never <laughs> seen a jump ball called that quickly. Ever, bro. Like, the refs got a little bit involved. I can't blame them because everything I kept saying all, all day today is that everything comes down to we had a three-point lead. Luca went to the line. He made one. He had to miss the second one on purpose. We had the ball in our hands. The game was in our hands. Deuce McBride knocks it out of Quentin Grimes' hands and somehow, like, Luca catches the ball in midair out of after it gets tipped out of someone else's hands and like redirects it to the basket with the second left all in sick. one motion. It was sick. Like, are you serious, bro? Like, I I felt like I was watching like a Disney Channel movie. Bro. It was so wild. <laughs> and the way he jumped after did kind of feel like yeah, kind of like that 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 Disney movie double team. Like one of those exactly. girls scoring. Like, exactly. He's always freaking out of his hands. I love that movie, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <everyone. laughs> that's so funny. And. Again, but that's another sub thing. Like, of course, hindsight 2020, but Javon McGee didn't see the floor all game. They put him in to get a rebound. Just, just put in Sim. Just put in the guy who touches the, the, the top of the backboard every time he goes up for a rebound. Just, just put him in. Uh, like, why can't you make the, and, and Sean, like, I know, you, I know you watch basketball of, of all ages. I know you're involved in basketball of all ages. Why won't anyone make a sub, dude? Why, why is it illegal to make a sub in overtime? Like, I, I, I have to figure this out. Like, this is like my, 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 uh, until the day I die, I'm going to try to figure out this, the science project, this hypothesis. Why are we not allowed to make a sub in overtime? It, McBride doesn't have to play 50 minutes. Like, it's okay. I, yo. But to, to be honest though, I want Deuce McBride on the floor over Derrick Rose. Part of the reason we started winning games is because Derrick Rose sat down and, and Deuce McBride started playing. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying generally reduce I'm just saying yesterday, when McBride can't run up and down the floor, like he's literally going like this. He just shot six free throws. Just, just put in D, maybe D Rose is faster than everybody else on the court. Just that second. Like I don't have, listen, I'm not, I'm not the guy that, that, that complains about Tibbs. I'm really not. I, I, I've been giving him leeway the whole time. It's Julius Randle, amazing game yesterday. Like I, I, I've been the Julius Randle apologist this whole time holding the down. IQ, amazing game. Grimes looks like Allen Houston. It's, it's just the, uh, don't forget Mitchell Robinson. Don't Mitchell Robinson. I mean, Mitchell, 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 Mitchell Robinson is the best player, best player on our team. I, I think, I think everybody knows that. Um, especially when you talk value, he's the most valuable player on our team because Brunson, of course, is really good. RJ has a contract. He's not of any value. Randall has a contract, really not of any value, but Mitch, what he brings to the floor plus his value and that little, that little post up. You saw a little post up yesterday. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He could do it. He could do it, man. I got sealed, turned over the shoulder. I was like, hey. The only thing is, what's with the arc on the free throws, man? Like he, he shoots, he shoots free throws like, like my middle school CYO team. Like just like a straight, like straight <laughs> line drive into the hoop. He, he's launching them, man. Like he's <laughs> launching beelines. It's crazy. And it, it's wild when they go in. 
But uh, you I'm know, very shocked every time they're going. I'm gonna be honest. I I would like to see some touch on those though. I I would. It's just unfortunate when he goes to the line. You're kind of like, all right, man, give me one, please. <laughs> but I'm starting to feel that way with everybody lately. Like, give I me know. one. Like, <laughs> I know. So, okay, real quick here, we got the Knicks on this little 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 Texas road trip. Spurs, Rockets. Are we going? Are we are we winning those two games? Um, I I believe that we are. I'm interested to see what we're gonna do, seeing as we don't want to play half our bench, and RJ's out for a week, unfortunately. Um, so I want to see what we pivot to now, like how we're going to manage the minutes. But I think we should be able to, you know, for all of like p- part of what's the worst thing about, and, and it's, I guess it just goes to speak to the state of the next part of the worst thing about last night's game. It's not that we lost it. It's that it was going to be such a good win. Yeah. It was going to be such a good win. Starting point guard out right before the game. RJ Barrett gets sliced in his hand and doesn't get a foul call, which is nuts to me, but gets his hand sliced open two minutes into the game. Nobody you touched to figure him. it out on the fly. And, right? Right. <laughs> hand sliced open, but he didn't get touched. It, 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 somebody, I feel like the NBA should mandate fingernails. Like, you shouldn't be able to just have somebody out for a week because you didn't clip your nails. Um, but, like, you know, with all of that, like, just getting the performances we did out of guys, being able to pull that out on the road, like, despite all the adversity and stuff like that, um, it was going to be a really great win to celebrate. We we're going to be able to talk about how we got a great game from Mitch, a great game from Julius, what we saw with the usage from Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel quickly being the playmaker we needed him to be. And so all of that was taken from us in 30 seconds. And that's a crazy thing. And so over the, we've won eight, we won eight in a row. We've lost four in a row. And the four in a row that we've lost is kind of like the same thing with the, and, and, and I've, I've been saying it and I say it all the time because I, I know how it goes at the end of the year. And we're seeing it, you know, you see it more in football because every game counts for so much. But it's like with these Jets games where it's like, hey, man, if we don't play that Patriots game, we don't play, we are comfortable right now in position. And so we're going to get to the end of the season. And blowing that game last night, just that collapse is going to kill us. Uh, that collapse against the Bulls a week ago. Like when we collapsed against the Bulls a week ago, I was like, all right, at least we can't do that again. I was wrong. We did it again a week later, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so like those are two games where it's like, those are in the bag. Like Jalen and Grimes go to the free throw line and go 0 for 4 somehow. We don't, we fail to rebound down the stretch. And so even the Raptors game, same thing, rebound down the stretch and free throws. I think that the Philly game, we just lost. We got beat in the fourth quarter. But I think that three out of those four games, and especially two with the Bulls and, and the Mavericks, we're, we're a couple bounces of the ball away from winning 11 of our last 12 or 10 yep. of our last 12. And so I don't want to, uh, you know, have my vision marred in terms of the fact that we're playing good basketball overall. Yeah, and so I agree. you know, yeah, we're playing good basketball, and I'm, I'm. So I know a lot of people feel the way. Um, I, I understand as a Knicks fan, like you said, I was on post game powder, and I was yelling yesterday. <laughs> um, it's funny because people always they refer to me as like old, oh, like a positive Knicks Twitter that they always positive, and it's just like, bro, like I have y'all not seen me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's probably the I, I think it's probably the IQ stuff that you've you've stuck with IQ this whole time. And you were on the start IQ movement early and whether it was warranted or not, that's a different story. And then we have RJ, right? You were, you're always a star J, star J, star J looks bad for, you know, a whole season, pay him, pay him, max him, max him. You start freaking out. You know, we got a max him. He's our guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's never, I can't just let things be said. RJ has never looked bad for a whole season. I mean, last year was tough. I mean, maybe it was the whole team. Like the whole yeah, team was twenty five points a game for forty one games. 
Okay, so that was incredible. When's the last time you seen a twenty one year old average twenty four five points a game as a Nick? <laughs> well, as a Nick, there's nobody, but like in real terms, everyone. In real terms, it's a general normal thing. Yeah, he's just and I, a twenty one year old averaging twenty five a game is also not a normal thing. Okay, that's I mean I don't I don't have the I can't think of someone young dropping that right now, but I'm I'm sure it's there. The efficiency is obviously the problem with RJ. This year he had the slump, but you also stood stood by him. So I'm giving you your props. Like you're the positive guy. You're with RJ even when he's 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 a little down. You're 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 like stick with him, stick with him. You mentioned really quick. I'm not gonna get into Cam Rash, I'm not gonna get into Evan Fournier, I'm not gonna get into trade season, I'm not gonna get into more Tibbs rotation. Just let's just stick with the guys that he we know he keeps playing. Do you think you think the Knicks are gonna miss RJ like going forward, or do you think we'll be okay the next couple of games without him? Like he probably come back for the Suns game. I, I would hope so. Um, I mean, so I just think the next two. Against, you, think, you think we can pick up without him? Because like to be honest with you, we did pick up without Brunson, and I was shocked about that. Right, and and we kind of did pick up without Obi. That was no problem. And I think if Julius Randle was out, it would be catastrophic. Right now with RJ, we we lost, we blew a huge lead. But I'm wondering what you think about the the Knicks going forward a little bit here. Just how they're going to look without RJ, without adding anyone to the rotation. Yeah, that, that's what I'm confused about. Um, you know, we we were able to pick up last night without Jalen and RJ, which is kind of crazy. Um, Sick. I'm hoping that Jalen's back. Yeah, Quick was amazing. Grimes was great. And so I think you know. San Antonio and Houston, we should be able to win those games. I think we should take care of business. I'm not sure where we're going to go to get, you know, I don't think that a lot of people are mad that Tiz played people so many minutes yesterday. I, I don't feel that way personally. I think that if you subtract five minutes away from all those guys because they shouldn't have gone to overtime, it's not really that bad. Like it's not that bad that Deuce McBride played 40 minutes in regulation. I'm not uh, a minute, I'm not a minute stickler. I don't think it's a minute. I think it's an eye test. I just think everyone's, when the player is tired at the end, just sub them out. I mean, that's from my perspective. I won't speak for anyone. Else. I know people are, are, I know people are in your mentions and, and, and yelling at you every day and they're stickler for Tim's minutes. And so I, you get on the defensive and I, and I am too. I'm with you. That's why I, I feel weird being on this side, but it was just like the eye test, bro. It was like, dude, people are hurt. Like they're tired. Just, just sub it. Like what does a tired McBride give you? Like up until last year, we begged for you to play him. Now all of a sudden you play him and now you won't sub him out for two seconds for D Rose. Like, come on. Man. I don't even know how, like, I, and maybe I have to go rewatch it. I don't feel like Deuce McBride was super tired. I'm also kind of proud of the fact that, you know, Deuce McBride went to the line in critical moments and knocked him down for the most part. He five for one. six. Five yeah. for six. Yeah, He's five, amazing. Five for six, bro. Dude. Like, and, and you need that. Like, guys need that. Whether yeah. you're honestly, whether, and I, and I said it on the uh, space earlier, next on one. Like I had a game my junior year of high school where I got the I got the starting point guard job over winter break. We had a, a tournament over winter break. I got the job. Coming back from winter break, uh, the backup point guard was in Columbia on vacation. He didn't get back yet. And right before the game in the courtyard after school, the other point guard got jumped. And so now I'm the only point guard on the roster today. So it's like, oh, you got to play the whole game. And so yeah, I'm tired, but like. You got to make plays like it's, it's, it's the critical point in the game now. And so Deuce McBride needs that experience. Like if you want to be able to depend on Deuce, if we're going to go and we want to be a playoff team, we need to, we, we can't put on training wheels when Deuce McBride is in critical situations in December. You've got to go out there and you've got to make it happen. And so this is a night we need you show up that way in the playoffs when I need you for 
15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever I know I need you for, you're more battle tested and experienced. And this is part of what comes with play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. Sometimes you say play the kids, play the kids, play the kids, and the kids play and they blow it. And you, you, you've got to go through those growing pains. And so I'm not, you know, I would rather, like, if, if last night was Kemba Walker tipping the ball out of Evan Fournier's hands to lose the game, I would have been outside MSG with a pitchfork. If Deuce McBride is going to knock the ball out of Quentin Grimes' hands, I got to get over it. Yeah. I beg for these guys to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. No, it's true. I, 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 I hope they do play and they play well on New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. in Houston. Uh, I'm nervous about that game. I hope, I hope the, I hope, I hope the Knicks are, uh, are okay with it. We also have a January 2nd, 3 p.m. game versus Suns. I'm, I'm, I hope the Knicks are, it's going to tell me a lot about if, if this team is motivated to, to win basketball games, honestly. But yo, we thank you very much for, for coming on on the Jets episode of the Knicks Jets, et cetera podcast. And obviously had to talk some Knicks. It, it, it's been a it's been a rough stretch here. We need to be talked off off the verbial ledge. Alex isn't here. Greg doesn't watch Knicks games because he's a Mets fan, so that's an, that's enough trauma for him. Yeah, I seen forty five wins, Sean. Tell me we're gonna get forty five wins on the season. That's my only bet going right now for the Knicks. Greg, Greg I like that because before the season I said forty five to fifty possibly, and then once we started playing well, like forty five is very attainable. It's yeah. very attainable. I think we can win 45 games for sure. I expect this four game losing streak hurts terribly, but like with the quality of basketball we're playing, uh, the way that we've, you know, gone to the young guys and we've been playing better defense and things like that. I'm pretty confident. I also hope that Obi comes back soon. Yeah. I'm tired of watching Isaiah Hartenstein play basketball. I'm not going to. Dude, lie. ship him. <laughs> like what? Ship him and Zach Wilson out. With Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish, and don't tell me where you sent them. And I don't want anything back. And I'll take the salary <laughs> hit. Just take them. Just take them all. I <laughs> just, yeah. it's, I, I want the, I want the empty chairs. But yo, uh, sign Mello, man. Oh, I forgot. Yo, uh, that was been on my mind this whole time. So I was at, I was at, I was at the Christmas game. Uh, once they started showing the Mello highlights on the screen, I was like, no way, Mello's here. And then it was really cool to see the standing ovation. Uh, with his, uh, flashy jacket, you can spot from anywhere. <laughs> if Melo's on this team, though, I have bad news for you. Obi's not. We can't have Randall, Obi, and Melo. It just doesn't, like, what, what, what are we gonna do? So, I understand that. I think that Carmelo Anthony would rather be situational when Obi returns than not be in the league at all. I don't know that. I don't speak to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that he'd rather be on a team where it's like, hey, Obi's not playing, so we're going to need about 15 minutes a night from you, 20 minutes a night maybe. When Obi comes back, you'll be situational, and if somebody gets hurt, we'll need you to come out there and play another 15 minutes again and be a veteran presence and whatever. I think. How would Obi feel that about that? Now. How would Obi feel about that? Yeah, dude, he's, I feel like he's, he's been disgruntled for at least two seasons now. Uh, you know, I, he, he does a really good job of how, I, cause I would be disgruntled if I was Obi. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why people feel like he is because it just seems like common sense, common, you know, human nature, yeah. but he never really gives that off at all. Yeah. And, no, he's you know, good and, about and he, it. He's definitely good yeah, about and, it. And, and he loves Julius and Julius is the guy that keeps him from really playing for real. So uh, I think he's always been really good about it. And like I said, I don't, I don't think that they would bring it. Like, I'm not saying bring in Melo and prioritize him over Obi. I think just right now, like, we don't know. Obi got reevaluated, and they're saying he's going to have to be reevaluated again. So we don't know when Obi's coming back. And so it's like, yeah. right now, somebody has to play. 
And right now, we clear, I don't know what it is. Like you said, I don't care to talk about Cam Reddish, whatever's going on. I, we, it, it became abundantly clear once again last night. He is not going to play. Like, Dude. No matter what happens, he's not playing. He could be a so, fire. It's starting to look like Tibbs will get on the court himself before he subs Cameron. So, <laughs> I, I, I felt bad for Fournier. Fournier was like, if you could stomach it and you are going to go watch that overtime in, in a bubble, you already know what happened. You can kind of watch it just calmly, just like, you know, just watching overtime. Let me know what you think uh, and what, what the Knicks could have did differently in that overtime. Um, if you're going to suggest putting Evan Fournier on the court when you want to win the basketball game, no, no. I'm going to scream at you. No, but no, but why why I brought that up uh, specifically, I wanted to bring it up, but why I specifically brought it up is because I remember looking at Fournier in overtime, uh, especially out of one of the timeouts, he just didn't sit down. Like, and he wasn't, he wasn't in the corner. He was like, he was like in a bench seat and he just stood up. And the whole time I'm like, dude, this guy wants to play so bad. He's just like, he's just like, I'm just going to stand here and just wait for the coach to make eye contact with me. Like, yo, it's overtime. <laughs> These players are dying. We need a three pointer. I'm just going to stand here. Like, you know, I, just like, if, if you do stomach it, um, cause, cause when I talk to you about subbing, I'm not going to get, you know, I don't want to get too, too deep into it again because we're, we're closing out here. But like when I mentioned to you subbing, I'm, I'm really not being nitpicky. I'm just, I'm not talking about the fourth quarter. I'm just talking about winning the basketball game, man. That's why I'm frustrated, man. It's been four closed games. It, it feels like the Jets. The Jets four closed games. The Knicks four closed games. And we just lost eight. This is eight heartbreaks. That's oh. eight for me. That's eight heart. That's not four. That's eight. So it's, it's been tough. I've been getting smacked in the face left and right. We had the USA in there too. Like, you know, just sprinkled in there. Oh, it's rough, rough, rough out here. All right. That wraps it up. Thank you so much, Sean. You guys know where to find them at the Knicks wall. Post game pouting, Twitter. Prosperity, post game prosperity. Put the post game prosperity, post game prosperity. Sorry, sorry. Post game pouting is what we call each next game. <laughs> what it feels like for the last uh, couple weeks. All right. You know what it is. Knicks, comma, Jets, comma, ETC period on our YouTube. Like, subscribe there. It means a lot to us. Let us know what you think about this Jets Seahawks game. Let us know what you think about, you know, this is the Jets episode, but if you, if you stayed longer here and you're on the Knicks side, let us know what you think about our, uh, our epic Knicks loss here. We'll get into the real Knicks episode soon. Apple, Spotify, Twitch, Google Play, Amazon, you name it, we are there. Five star review. Hit us up. Greg, any last thoughts besides winning P weekly? We have the, the, the college bowl episode with Chip Murphy. We got yeah. the, the full slate going on. Greg Greg faded himself last week and absolutely killed it. Uh, one and all. Great weeks. I think Sean said earlier something about I forget what it was. It's like losing is just as hard as I forget what he said, but it reminded me of like me as a gambler, as a losing gambler, being like going four and eleven is just as hard as going eleven and four. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. So I've had a couple four and eleven weeks. Last week we flipped it to eleven and four, so it was a great week. I'm happy to be back. Happy to ride this season out. College football episode is out right now. We'll get to the NFL. We'll get to the full slate later in the week, and we'll have that out for you guys. So go check it out. Winning P Weekly on Twitter. Winning P Weekly anywhere podcasts are available. And, of course, we're always on the Knicks, Jets, etc. YouTube channel. All right. We out. Thank you guys for having me. Adios. Oh, it was a lot of fun. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes, sir. Trying to come to Buffalo with me or what? You know how cold Buffalo is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You represent, you represent, my, you represent Miami. 
Before we get into it, I'll go to Buffalo. Before we go on. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.